What's the soundtrack to your life right now? Rivers and roads. Rivers and roads. That's a good one. Oh, they like that's all they say. Oh, oh, oh. Who sings? Who sings it? Who sings that song? Who sings that song? Let's keep it that way. <laughs> Wednesday of Holy Week. Wednesday of Holy Week. Are you excited? So excited. You know what tomorrow is? Holy Thursday. Yes. Or Thursday, as Helen would say. Helen McGalley. Helen McGalley. Helen McGalley. Oh, yeah, she would say Holy Thursday. Thursday. Holy Thursday. Helen McGalley. So today, uh, I really want to talk about someone who I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, better be Jesus or Mary. Actually, no. Uh oh. It's Judas. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Judas today because I want to. Um, the gospel for today comes from Matthew. This is Wednesday of Holy Week. Um, it is the gospel where it begins. One of the 12 who was called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that time on, he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. So the whole gospel is about Judas preparing to betray the Lord, premeditating it in a way. Later on in the gospel, it says, When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him, one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. And really reflecting on this and praying about this passage, um, we can immediately go to, yeah, Judas equals bad. Apostles equals good. Jesus equals good-er. But when I was reading this, I got more upset with the apostles than Judas. Why? Why? Because just, I don't know, just imagine the 12 living with each other living with Judas for these three years of Jesus's public ministry. They are eating together. They are walking together. They are journeying together. They are loving the Lord. The Lord is loving them. You would think friendship would form between them, right? And like you were saying yesterday about virtuous tr friendships, we are leading each other to heaven. We are trying to lead each other to heaven, taking away those things that may be leading us to hell. And here is one of, like, imagine you're one of the apostles. One of your brothers is struggling. Just, you know, like, don't you think you would know Judas enough to know that there's something going on in his heart? Hmm. And I, I just, I kept thinking about, okay, when there is something truly going on in your heart that you are struggling with, it doesn't stay hidden for long. Um, it, it can, you can try to hide it, but if people who know you truly, like if there is someone who really knows you and really is a friend they can notice when something is wrong. And so I just, like the fact that the apostles say, it's not I, who is it? We don't know who it is. None of us would do this. So you're mad at them for not knowing that Judas was struggling. Yeah. And, and like then, what, how much different would the story be if, I don't know, say Simon or say Peter or Andrew or John, they like approached Judas and said, Judas, there's something going on with you. 
like, can we talk about this? I want, I want to help out. I don't, I don't want you to be suffering. How different the story would be. Yeah, I could see uh, in this response where each disciple one by one says, surely it is not I, Lord. Like the emphasis, their focus is solely upon themselves. Yeah. Rather than, oh my gosh, one of us is going to betray you. We're all going to work together to find this person yeah. to help them. Yeah. But even Jesus himself couldn't help Judas. Uh, no, I think he could if Judas was willing. The issue with yeah. Jesus and the issue with sin in general is that Jesus is always loving us and always wanting to give us his grace and help us. But when it comes to sin, we choose to turn away. Mm-hmm. We turn our back. Like a little kid who runs into his room and closes the door on his parents. We're turning mm-hmm. our back from him. And I don't know, I was just thinking a lot about Judas and just this idea of sin. Um, Wednesday is also known um, in Holy Week as, have you ever heard of, it's called like the day of being alone or like the day of aloneness. Hmm. Here is Jesus about to enter into Holy Thursday tomorrow. Like he is about to start the passion. You can tell that Jesus is feeling just completely alone. No one has ever and no one will ever experience what Jesus is about to experience. And no one can, can, no one can truly console him. And so he is, he is alone. He's very much alone after the Last Supper. But also there's an aloneness in Judas, where Judas ha- is, is premeditating. He is going to sin. He is sinning. And whenever we fall into sin, whenever we turn our back on God, whether it's a venial sin or a mortal sin, we are alone. We ostracize ourselves. Well, a great way to prepare for Holy Week is to recognize that aloneness that comes with sin, but also that aloneness comes uh, with Jesus as well. Yeah. So Judas's aloneness is much more tragic and existentially full of angst rather than Jesus, because Jesus is, look at him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Um, He is with the Father. He is bleeding blood. Yeah. Where is Judas? Judas is taking himself away from the Father, away from the Son, and the disciples. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's what sin does. I, I feel like a lot of us during this quarantine, are with, we're with our families, and we're so close to people, but we can still feel alone. And that's okay, because Jesus knows what it means to be alone. You went to the Holy Land, right, Father Derek? Mm-hmm. Did you go to St. Peter in Galacantu? Yeah, that was actually my favorite, my favorite church. No way! I mean, I had a great holy hour there once. Where were you in there? Um, well, I went, I was in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel once, but then I went by myself on Holy Thursday um, in the evening. On Holy Thursday, I went, and for those of you who don't know, so in this church is basically the location where Caiaphas's house would have been. We hear of Jesus being betrayed. Jesus is taken to Caiaphas's house. This is where the trial happens with the Pharisees and the high priest and everyone. Tradition is that Jesus was Jesus stayed there overnight, I guess like a cell, right? Yeah. Um, and they basically dug up the cell where he would have been, which is just, it's a cave, like under the rest of the house. So he would have been lowered down into this cave. You can go down there and spend time in prayer alone. And so on Holy Thursday, 
like when Jesus would have been betrayed and when he would have stayed there overnight, you get, yeah, you get to be there. So I, I was there and I prayed Psalm 88. Did you pray Psalm 88 when you were there? Yeah. This is the Psalm that tradition says that Jesus would have prayed that night when he was alone. His apostles were not there. People are preparing and getting ready to kill him. And he is in, he's in a cell. He's in darkness. He's in a cave. And I'm just going to read the last paragraph of Psalm 88. And I just want to, I think we should just end it there. Um, just imagining Jesus alone and that however alone you might feel right now, Jesus knows what it means to be alone and he can redeem it and make it beautiful for us. But I cry to you, Lord, in the morning my prayer comes before you. Why do you reject my soul, Lord, and hide your face from me? I have been mortally afflicted since youth. I have borne your terrors, and I am made numb. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day they search around like a flood. From every side they encircle me. Because of you, friend and neighbor, shun me. My only friend is darkness. Mary C's Quarantined is a Mary C's of Wisdom dynamic original podcast.